ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terra Master, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Max Lindquist, welcome back to ATV Talk, man. How are you? Oh, Leonard, been doing good. I uh, appreciate you having me back and uh, excited to get to talking here. Oh, dude, it's always a pleasure, man. You're tearing it up on the MX series back there last year. Yeah, uh, thank you, sir. Um, definitely ended the season, um, you know, with the last couple of races I was able to complete. Definitely uh, ended it on a high note and started to figure some things out. Well, that brings me to my first question. And I know that I can tell by the grin on your face, you know where this is going. You do not normally make mistakes during a race. What happened in Loretta's? In Loretta's. Um, or, well, when you crash. Sorry, I got it wrong. Yeah. Sorry, my error. Briarcliff. Briarcliff. Yeah, Briarcliff. Um, honestly, like, still not exactly sure like what all went wrong. Um, just like, I mean, it was definitely a big, like, I'll take that, take it away as a learning curve for me. Like came in there, you know, on a super high note coming off of two back-to-back podiums, like had a lot of momentum, like felt really good on the machine. Um, just like was looking forward to that weekend and yeah i mean made two whole laps of qualifier one and just uh you know came up a little short on the big triple in the center there that they had um it was my first time jumping it just kind of like i'd seen a couple other guys hit it already the lap before in front of me and um came up a little short nothing that i honestly was too worried about like I really didn't think it was going to be an issue. Just like where I landed, the track was still pretty fresh and soft. And I just didn't brace myself enough. Um, I didn't expect the machine to grab so hard. And when it did, like, I, I, I personally think I got a little overconfident in my riding and then just like, I 
didn't have the best setup for that track yet. Like my setup was a little soft, so the machine stuck quite a bit and it just threw me for a ride. I wasn't expecting. Um, and unfortunately that was kind of how I ended my season. Um, you know, would like to take that one back, but I'll just take it as kind of a learning curve and, you know, coming in next year, like maybe tone it down a little bit and just kind of check the track out a little better, get a little better feel for things. And, you know, hopefully don't have to, uh, relive that moment. Well, you're, you fared. Okay. I'm assuming. Cause you're, you, you were out at the sand dunes not too long ago. Yeah. I mean, it was, I did all right. Like come to find out, I didn't know at the time, like I had broke my collarbone. I, it was a, just a clean break. Um, it was still butted together. So like there wasn't a big knob or nothing. Um, so that obviously took me out of the day for our season finale. Um, and which I would go home to, you know, I got checked out by the doctor and all that. And I actually took, um, three months off then, uh, you know, got told from the doctor, it would take, you know, so long in a sling, did all that, um, was doing really good. Uh, you know, had my three month checkup, um, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent. Like they, they still, it still had a little healing to do. Um, but I got the, okay, like to get back to riding and ease back into it. Um, so we decided to come out to California, um, for a fun trip, uh, that has been in our family for years. My dad's always went out, decided to go with, um, went out to the dunes and then was supposed to do some riding at all the motocross tracks out on the West coast, which was new to me. Um, and just like, obviously the collarbone wasn't ready for it. Um, got to the dunes and took the first two days really easy. Like didn't leave the ground very much, like just real easy on the machine, like breaking myself back into it. Um, and yeah, like third day just started to ride a little harder and, um, started to jump a few things. And as soon as I jumped the bigger dune where like, um, didn't think it was going to be a big deal. As soon as I landed with that harder impact of a bigger landing, the arm gave out on me and that's all it had. So obviously I wasn't a hundred percent healed and I wasn't ready to be riding. So I just, you know, um, it sucked at the time. I look back at it now thinking maybe it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Like obviously it had been three and a half months at that point since I had priorly broke it. You know, if it broke at that point in time, it was probably going to break again throughout the season once I started riding. So sucked that I had to uh, cut my Cali trip short and didn't get to do all the riding I would have liked to have done out there. But, um, you know, was able to get home and get surgery right away to get it plated. Um, now sitting here talking to you, we're a month out and I'm feeling almost as good as I did before. Um, you know, when I started getting back to riding and it's only been a month. So, um, you know, obviously hurts the off season a little bit looking forward to 2022, like not going to be, have quite the time to prepare as I would like, but at the end of the day, I feel like when I do get the okay to ride and get back to riding, I feel a lot more confident in, you know, my body being ready to go. So, and that's kind of where we're at now. Beans that you're at such a high level um, in the pro class and you're already one of the top contenders. What are you doing to keep your conditioning up? Yeah. Um, 
you know, that was a big thing for me was I took three whole months the first time around to really let the shoulder heal. Um, I had actually got sick in between there. Um, and I really didn't do much. Like I really took it easy, really laid back. Like I knew, you know, I was supposed to be healed come December. Like the plan was to come to Florida and really get back in shape. Um, so re-breaking the collarbone really threw a wrench in those plans. Um, so I did still, um, now come down to Florida here after the first of the year, I can't ride yet. Um, you know, it's only been a month since surgery, but I'm down here just, uh, working out about six days a week, a week, take a day off. Um, trying to do like, uh, like a morning and afternoon session where, um, I'm doing some kind of running in the morning and then doing some kind of like, like cardio both afternoon and evening. And then getting some, like, usually when I'm running, I'm just doing a shorter, like warm up run and then trying to still do some kind of like core exercise and work the muscles. I can obviously haven't done much of the upper body, but still trying to work the legs and the core as much as possible to get back into shape. Because I would, I have definitely like taken that three months off and then re-injuring myself. Like I definitely lost a lot of, you know, that cardiovascular, um, stuff. So I'm trying to just slowly work myself back into getting into race shape as much as I can. Um, just so when I do get the car, you know, the go ahead to get back on the machine, that way I'm not totally exhausted right away. Um, obviously I'm well aware from being hurt in the past, like there's nothing that replaces ride time and seat time. So I'm totally expecting to get on the machine and the arms are going to be sore and the hands are going to be blistered. Um, but I'm hoping to at least cardiovascularly wise be in pretty good shape to where it only takes me a week or two to really get back into the swing of things. So I can kind of pick up where I left off and hopefully have some time prior to our season, our season starting to, you know, really get comfy on the machine and try and, um, you know, advance myself and pick up a little speed before the season starts. So while you're doing that, are are you talking with Chad much and trying to work on your setup so that it's ready to go when you get on the machine? Yeah. So, um, I've kind of taken and like me and Weenan are still working together quite a bit. We, like, I still, I work out with them right now during the week, a couple times a week, like we're trying to get together and I rode bike with him and a group of guys. Um, and you know, we're trying, I'm trying to stay, you know, I go to the track with Chad every once in a while now, um, just to be at the track and always try and learn something while I'm there. Just, you know, he's obviously proved over the years, he's the best at what he does. And it's always good to go to the track and actually like not being able to ride right now. Like I'm almost, I've like the last time I went to the track, I almost kind of picked up on more than I would have if I was riding, like being able to sit back and watch him and kind of study what he's doing on the track and off the track. Um, so yeah, I'm just down here, um, trying to learn as much as I can and then yeah, get my program, um, as ready to go as possible. Like, uh, prior to coming down here, um, I was in the garage a lot, you know, trying doing what I can with one hand. And then obviously, um, my father helps me quite a bit, um, building my machines. So that's takes a lot off my plate. Um, but yeah, just trying to get machines together and, you know, getting all my sponsors situated for the year and, um, just really trying to make sure that 
when I do get this go ahead that, that my machine's set to go, um, I'm in as good a shape as possible and we'll just take off from there and see where we're at. How many days out do you think you are before they're going to let you ride? So my goal would be to ride, um, by the second week of February. Um, so I'm, I'm four weeks in right or four weeks out from surgery. I'm hoping within the next four weeks to get back on the machine. Um, I was told between eight weeks and 12 weeks, depending on how the recovery goes. So that second week of February would be eight weeks. So I'm really shooting for eight weeks. I'm doing all I can to get there. Um, really trying to watch what I do with the arm, but yet trying to do as much as I can with it to keep it strengthened and doing what I can. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at is, you know, hoping in the next, I go home here in two weeks, I have my six week appointment, hoping to, you know, have a good appointment there, get to get back to lifting some weight and being able to use my arms, um, and try and build some stamina for two weeks. And then hopefully get the go ahead to get back on the machine and, uh, get back to doing what I love to do. I bet you are just coming unglued. Yes. Uh, I know I said that the other day via at the track, like I love going to the track and it was fun to go and watch tab. But I was like, man, like track was perfect condition. Like he's out there riding by himself. I'm like, man, like what I do right now to be riding is that like, that's all I can think about doing right now. I was like, this is killing me being here and not being able to. <laughs> so I'm sure he's really supportive and, and helping the best he can. Yeah. And, you know, he's been keeping me in the loop and trying to help out as much as he can. Um, yeah, like that's been really good. Um, you know, uh, just trying to keep me in the loop. Like he always gives me the heads up going to the track today. If you want to come out, like I'll come out, help out as much, you know, be there and hang out and then, you know, try and get together with him as much as I can to work out and bike. Like I said, like, that's big for me. Like, being able to do that with someone else always pushes you. Um, and me and him are very competitive together. So when we do get to those kind of things, you know, we get on the bicycle and stuff and he's faster than I am and, and he's in better shape than I am right now. So it, it pushes me to try and keep up and to, you know, exhilarate myself farther, um, which is only going to help me in the long run. That's awesome. I, I like to hear that. Um, when you, you guys do a lot of road biking stuff, right? So when you're road biking, does, does that have any effect on your upper body? Does it, does it hurt your, your collarbone or your shoulder at all? No. So, um, obviously if I would have a get off or fall over, that would be a really bad deal. Um, between us, I, I don't think the doctor's a huge fan of me road biking. Um, <laughs> but my doctor also knows what I do. And I asked him, but he's like, as long as I stay on that thing and, you know, um, you know, stay off the ground, he's okay with me being on the road bike. They'd love me just a stationary bike, but that just bores me to death. So, um, I've been out road biking and so far, like, the first week I didn't, you know, put too much pressure on the hand or the handlebars. I really tried not to use the arm at all. I just kind of ride with one hand. Um, now being, you know, two, almost three weeks into training, like, um, it honestly doesn't even phase me. Like I catch myself doing other things and I go to use my arm and I'm like, Oh man, like the doctor would kill me right now. If he saw what I'm doing, because I feel so good. Um, but yet 
not supposed to be doing anything with it. So, um, so far, no, like the road bike's been really good and it's been a big help. Like I've noticed already huge change just in, um, the endurance, like it's coming back to me pretty fast, which I was very happy about. Like usually you lose it a lot faster and you gain it. So, and it's been getting better and better every time I go. Um, so I've been very happy with that and how that's been going so far. Well, when you're back home in the cold and there's no road biking, what did you do there? So like at home and that's, that's why I'm down here in Florida right now. Um, I had planned to be here after the first of the year, I always planned to come to Florida. Um, and that's why I came down was because back home, there's two feet of snow on the ground. It's zero degrees outside and we're not road biking. We're not running outside. Like it's much tougher at home to, you know, do those kind of things. Um, obviously it comes down to a discipline thing. Like you just have to go to the gym and get on your stationary bike, run indoors, um, go to the gym, do what you can. Um, like prior to coming down here, that's what I was doing before I had rebroke the arm was just going to the gym, you know, doing what I can with my legs and my core. And that was pretty much all I could really do. Um, there isn't much going on outside. That's for sure. Did somebody forget to tell Nick Janusa that you can't do that in the snow? <laughs> now, I don't know how that is out there. It's definitely cold, but he figured it out last year. It seemed to work for him quite well. So I don't know. I think, I think he'll be planning the same thing. Yeah. I was shocked when he was telling me that he didn't go South, uh, to ride down in Florida, that he tried to, to take care of it and, and, uh, at home and, and he liked it. I mean, it was, yeah, it, the results tell you that it, it worked. Yeah. And I mean, I think like definitely as long as you can stay on the machine, like Florida and you know, these Southern States are great to be in that heat and the warmth while you're doing it. Um, but you know, for him being able to stay on the machine and stay riding, like, you know, as long as you're putting the time in and obviously he did, he put the time of work in, like, obviously you can make it work as long as you can stay on the machine is how I would put it. Like, um, you know, for me, it's a little harder with snow on the ground. Most of the time I'm sure for him, like he had, you know, a day or a week, maybe where they got snow and they couldn't ride. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, as long as you're disciplined to go to the gym and stay on the machine as much as possible, I would definitely say you can do it anywhere. Um, for me, it was just easier, obviously, to come to the South where I can wake up every morning and go, okay, it's at, you know, if it's cold out, it's probably only going to be 50 degrees. Like today it was a cold day and it was 60 degrees outside. So that, that makes it a lot better to wake up and be able to go, okay, it's 60 degrees outside for me. I can wear my shorts and my t-shirt and I can go for a bike ride. That's okay. Cause that's really not that cold compared to back home. <laughs> oh, that's too funny, man. Uh, I live, that's why I like living in San Diego. It's, it's pretty much, we, we, we've had a cold spell here, but it's pretty much always warm and that uh, me and the cold do not get along, but I, I don't blame you. So I've, I've really liked my last couple winters of, you know, December rolls around, the snow's on the ground. It's zero degrees outside. I'm really liking this coming to Florida, 70, 80 degrees sunshine. Like it's just, uh, man, you just wake up with a smile on your face when you walk out the door and see that sun, like it's just so, <laughs> makes it so much more, makes it so much easier to get up and like 
truthfully, it makes it easier to get up and want to go for a bike ride and want to do those things like, and not have to go outside and freeze to do it. Uh, so no, I definitely am a fan of this warm weather. That's for sure. That's freaking awesome. You have any plans on possibly moving? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I definitely would like to, um, at some point, um, I'm not sure when it's definitely been a thought and I definitely like to do it and at least try it. Um, obviously I love the summer times and the, the summer months at home. Like I wouldn't change that. I love, um, Wisconsin for three months out of the year, but the other nine months, yeah, I wouldn't mind living somewhere else. Um, <laughs> so no, it's definitely a thought and I'm still pretty young to where, um, I'd have a little while before, um, I'd really, you know, that'd be something I'd want to really do. Um, right now I'm kind of just traveling back and forth, stay in Florida for the winter and then go home for the summer. And that seemed to work pretty well. Um, so I'm kind of sticking with that plan for a little while and going to see kind of what happens from there. That's awesome. So let's get back to the fun part of 2021. Yes, third to 10th, you guys were swapping positions and fighting for every position or every spot that you could. Um, and it was, it was always changing between third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, you know, that, that, that ground was always changing. Um, did you expect to just roll right into that group, um, your first year? Um, I mean, that was the goal at least like (laughs) not to be like cocky or arrogant, but that was the goal. And that was the plan was to come in. And I knew like one weekend I could be eighth and the next I could be third. Um, but that was the plan and the goal coming into the season was to be in that top five every weekend, to be in that hunt and to be in that group battling and mixing it up. And I definitely say like, it worked out pretty well for me. Um, it definitely took some time to get used to like that. It was a lot more than I expected coming into it. Um, but at the end of the day, I'd say it went pretty well for me. Um, at least coming into that group and being able to stay up there and battle with those guys. But yeah, it was, uh, you never knew, like you, you couldn't plan like every weekend. You never knew who, out of that group was gonna just mesh with the track a little better, you know, like just have a good weekend. Like it just kind of seemed like every weekend, like, Oh, these two guys kind of had an off weekend, but these two guys had a good weekend. Like it was a very inconsistent group and it was almost like, the, you know, the more the you just had to try and be the most consistent you could, because you didn't know if you were going to be third or if you were going to be seventh, like one mistake could make the difference of that. Um, and that's just kind of what I learned through the year was to try and really limit those mistakes. Cause that was the big difference in being third to seventh in that group was cause you know, from third to seventh, we were only a couple seconds apart usually every weekend. So it was definitely, uh, it was definitely fun and a good learning experience, but, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy battle just about every weekend. Do you think, do you think that that group of riders, are you guys very close? You all talk. I know that you've spent the time coming through the ranks with some of them and maybe a little behind them, but you've ridden with them, I believe before. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, about half of the riders I had ridden with in like previous years, um, whether I was younger than, you know, I was always younger than everyone in the group, but I, I at some point, like when I move up in a class, we get to usually ride with most of them. Um, but there was definitely some new faces and like, those were the harder ones is when you haven't ridden with someone, you don't know what to expect from them. You don't know, you know, like when you ride with someone, you kind of learn like, okay, like this is their style. This is how they like to ride. Like they're, you can kind of anticipate what they're going to do where when you're riding with new people and you haven't ridden with them before, it's kind of like the first couple of races were kind of like a learning game to be like, okay, this guy's like, you know, if you, if you give him an inside, like he's going to, you know, he's really going to throw it in there. Like he's super aggressive where, you know, this guy's going to wait till you make the mistake to get by. And like, you just pick up on little things like that. And it, you know, obviously made it easier as the year went to kind of know and like just be able to really know and expect from every rider, you know, what their capabilities were. And like, you just built more of a comfort riding with that group of riders as the year went. That's pretty awesome. Um, when you got that first podium, what was it like? It's definitely, um, I don't know. There's not many words that describe that weekend. Uh, just awesome. Like it was, uh, definitely one of my dreams come true. Like that was definitely a big thing from being little on, like always wanted to stand on that pro podium. Um, and to be up there, it kind of took really like that weekend didn't settle in for almost until we got to Loretta's probably like, it really took a while to settle in. Um, it was a blast and super fun weekend, but yeah, like it really took some time to settle in. Um, you know, that I was able to, you know, check that check mark off and move on to the next goal. Now as a rookie, I know we talked about this a little bit when we talked about you the first time going into the first turn yep. but as the season wore on, when you look to your right and you look to your left and you see Chad Weenan and you see Joel Hetrick and you see Ristrelli and you see some of these guys that have been there a while, what, what went through your mind? You know, like at the start of the year, it was more of a, like, this is a really cool, like it was a cool experience factor. Like, you kind of looked up to him still. Like it was like, man, like it's really cool to get to bank. Like me and Jeffrey Australia battled almost every weekend. Like we always seemed to find each other on the track. And like, that was cool. Like always watching him. I was a fan of his just years ago, you know, growing up and, you know, still a fan of his, but you know, always rooted for Jeffrey for a while. Um, and yeah, to come into the first turn side by side with them, like the first couple races, it was like, you really watched, like, you know, you didn't want to have all that contact or you didn't want to be the one to cause, you know, cause some kind of pileup or something. And then as the year went and like, you know, you got more comfortable with these guys. And for me, like I, I start, I was battling with all these guys. And then, you know, you start to realize like, you know, I, 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 I'm, you know, I can be here every weekend. Like I can run this pace. I can run with these guys. And then all of a sudden you start looking over and it's like, all right, like, it's not so much that you're coming into the first turn. Like, man, this is awesome. It's like, all right, I want to come into this first turn and come out of it in front of you. Like it was more of that as the season went, like 
okay, like really learning to believe in yourself and, um, you know, know your capabilities and not be so I'd say like starstruck. So great way to put it. Great way to put it. Let's talk about the sophomore slump. A lot of second year pros in multiple different sports have issues the second year. Okay. Are you worried about that at all? Or have you even thought about it? I mean, until you said it, it wasn't even a thought in the mind. Um, oh, thanks. You know, I ruined it. Yeah. For, I mean, for me, like, I guess I don't, I've never really looked at it that way. Like even coming in as a rookie last year, like it was a new group, you know, but at the same time I had rode with half of them. Like I've been riding with Chad Weenan for years. Like we got to race this pro stock class where I raced a lot of these guys. Um, and yeah, I was a rookie, but I felt like I already kind of had like my feet wet and kind of knew where I was at. Um, and like, even for next year, like, I guess I never looked at it like, Oh, it's my sophomore season. It was kind of like, all right. Like I more looked at it as I got the first one down. Like I made my mistakes. I learned a lot. Um, and I actually really look forward to next year. Cause I feel like this year was a huge learning curve for me. And I felt like throughout the year, like pretty much every weekend, you know, we got better and I really ended the season off strong. And I like, yeah, the, the crash really sucks. It bothers me. You know, like I wish I would have ended it a different way, but up until that point, like if I can take what I learned and what I figured out the two races prior to be on that box, um, and apply that to this year, like I feel a lot more confident coming in this year than I did as a rookie. Um, so I guess, no, like I hadn't even thought about the sophomore slump kind of deal. Um, I actually looked at it more as an opportunity. Like, all right, I, I did my learning. I think I figured it figured out quite a bit. Obviously I, I still have more to learn, but I feel like I can definitely come out, um, a lot more confident in myself and my equipment. And I feel like I have a better understanding of where I'm at and what I can do. So as it, as it comes to growth and you came in, really hot. I, I believe, you know, to, to get on the podium in those thirds to be running what you were in the ballpark to get third overall for the year. Yep. And do you, this is the way I'm looking at it. Do you, are you expecting the rise in speed to get you to the rear wheels of Joel or Chad? Um. I mean, that's been the goal. I mean, Hi, there you go with like, that thing again. Like they set the bar is how I look at it. Like those two are, they're definitely, those two are on their own level right now. And for me, like that's where the bar is set. Um, and I've slowly, I feel like been getting better and better and getting closer and closer. Um, you know, red bud finally got a lot closer and then did it again at Loretta's. Um, and just like looking back on this year and what I learned about myself, my riding technique and what I learned about my machine is the biggest thing. Like how, you know, how much like 
how much more I feel like I coming into this year, my equipment's going to be even better than what I had. Um, not that it wasn't good last year, just like I learned a lot throughout the season on, you know, the setup and just like figuring out what worked for me, um, was the biggest thing. Like, you know, the season prior to coming in as a pro, like pro-am went really well for me and I didn't have to do much to the machine. I just kind of wrote it, um, where this year and not that like I had competition in prom, but it wasn't to the level, you know, obviously going to the pro class, it is where every weekend, like an adjustment can make a big difference for you where I didn't come into the year, like expecting that, I guess, like I came into the year, like this worked for me last year. I'm going to, I kind of did this. I kind of did the same thing. Like I kind of went into the year and just kind of same thing over, just kind of, you know, came in with knew where I should about be. And that's where I about was. And this year I felt like, um, you know, change, you don't always want to change, but at sometimes you want to try different things and change new things. Cause if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're probably going to get the same result. Um, and this year just went out and changed a few things at the machine, got with a couple different companies. Um, and just, I've really myself tried to learn as much as I can about it. Um, obviously working with Chad, he's been a big help as well. Just keep learning more and more about my machine, my setup and myself. Um, and I feel like as long as I get healthy, um, I'm not so sure for Daytona, um, how ready I'm really going to be. But I know when we go to Texas, like I feel very confident by then that my body will be in better physical shape than it's probably ever been. And I know my machine's going to be a little better than it's ever been. Um, and I just think at that point, then it's just going to be on me to, um, fix up a few little, um, you know, rider technique things. And yeah, um, you know, they've set the bar there and I'm just going to keep working towards it is how I look at it. And I hope to, at some point reach that bar. Um, and that's kind of where we're at for this season. <laughs> that that was a lot there, but, but that's good. That's great. I'm, I'm very optimistic for you. I do think Daytona is going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit of a reach because of the fact that you haven't been riding, um, yep. but you still got mad skills, you know, and if you rely on your skill set um, and relax and stay relaxed, I think you'll do just fine. Well, I appreciate it. And, um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I hope to go into Daytona and, you know, last year I did very well there. Um, and I kind of hope to do the same this year, but at the same time, I'm not going to, I don't expect to go in there and be a hundred percent, I guess, is I, I don't expect to go in there being a hundred percent. And I know that. So going into there, I'm going to go there hopefully I can be a hundred percent and that'd be awesome. But if I'm not, I'm going to go there and do what I feel I can do. Um, and just get through that race. I feel like as long as I get through that race and I come through that race and I'm healthy, I feel like the rest of the year, it's only going to be an upward trend after that. Um, and that's what I'm shooting for is just to be as prepared as I can for Daytona do as much as I can. Um, and whether, you know, I'm a hundred percent healed up or I'm not, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to give it my all. Um, 
And the main goal is just going to be to come out of there with some kind of points and be safe. Um, and then from there, you know, I'm really going to look to just really put my head down and go to work and go to Daytona, see where I'm at, see what I need to work on and hopefully be able to come out a month later in Texas and be more prepared than I, you know, I possibly can be. That's awesome. Let me ask you this question. You haven't raced that I've seen in your pro career. You had one really muddy race and everything else seemed to be pretty good. What yep. do you think of the mud? Um, I am not a huge mud fan. Um, I just like, I don't always feel like it's even playing grounds when it's muddy, but at the same time, there is a lot to the mud and I feel like it's kind of an art and a technique. Like that's where you see these riders. You'll see these riders that you don't normally see do as, you know, as well as maybe they do in these mud races. And it's, you know, I feel like a mud race is much more about just your patience and, you know, doing what you can with where you're at. Um, and you know, this year, like, um, I usually do pretty well in the mud. I'd say our one mud race didn't go so well for me this year. Um, and I came out of it and I hope, I hope we don't have a bunch of them this year, but at the same time, if we have one, I, I almost look forward to it to hopefully kind of redeem myself or try, try and change a few things. Um, because I feel like I didn't give my, I didn't do my best as I could in the mud. Um, right. so, and especially coming from Wisconsin, like in the cold, like I'm used to riding, I ride the ice, I ride all these different terrains. Like I feel I'm a pretty versatile rider. Like I kind of ride anything I go to. Um, and so I'd say like the mud race this year was definitely a little disappointing to me. Um, but I also know what I did wrong. Um, and knowing that I feel a little better about it, obviously just going to have to see what happens when it, you know, the next one comes up. So, but I definitely would say like, kind of to answer your question, they're definitely their own animal. Like it's, it's its own beast that you have to kind of learn to, uh, get through and survive. I do, I, I do not like mud races at all, but that's, I'm talking about having to prep the machine afterwards, but, uh, Oh, I agree with that. Oh my God. Uh, that's horrible. Have, have you changed anything on your program? Uh, that's notable that everybody would want to know about. Um, I mean, I kind of already had a, you know, bigger social media post. I changed over to DASA's, um, exhaust and kind of went, a little different route with them. Um, super really looking forward to working with them. Never had the opportunity to. Um, so I think that'll be a good change. Um, just being able to work a little closer with them. That'll be cool. Um, other than that, like the program staying pretty similar. Um, it's more just little tweaks and stuff like that, um, that I've kind of learned over the years. Um, and now just taking in, you know, trying all these different things I've learned throughout the year to find, you know, a little better setup for me, but yeah, other than DASA, like everything's staying pretty similar. Um, 
riding for weaning still, you know, all that's the same. Um, yeah, I look forward to it. It should be a pretty solid season. Did he change at the same time or just you? Just me. Um, so I started my own motorsports last year, just to kind of, um, with going pro, um, just to kind of help grow myself. Um, and I still ride for Weenan. He still has, you know, his motorsports, his team. Um, he still supports me. I just have kind of with going pro, it was easier for me to, um, do my own like program per se, like where I'm, I'm building the machine. I'm taking care of it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out and getting my own support, um, with my sponsors. Uh, you know, that's a lot for, you know, Chad to have to do if he were to do that for me or whatever. And I felt it would, you know, especially after talking with Chad about it too, like it's good for me to get to reach out and get to work one-on-one with these sponsors, um, and have my own relationship with these sponsors. So yeah, like that's kind of where we're at is Chad's doing his program. Um, my program is very similar. I kind of piggyback off him. Like he still helps me with some stuff. Um, I'll, you know, still represent Wiener Motorsports. Um, yet I'm going to be, I'll have my own little like niches, I guess you'd say where like, I'm going to be running DASA's stuff. He will be FMF. Um, and that's just our own personal, um, situation and deals that, you know, suited our programs best. So, and that was, so that was more just a personal thing where, um, you know, they were willing to work with me and I want, you know, I, I would like to work with them. And so that's kind of where we're at with that is I just went out and did my own program and, um, I feel pretty confident doing that. Like it's, it's a lot of work, but I feel like, when you have your hand, like the more things you can have your hands on, the more control you can have. I feel like it's the better probably way to go. Like you're, you're, I feel like, and that's what Chad's done. And that's kind of what I've learned is like, you know, the more you can control, um, the probably the better off you are at succeeding. And then when something does go wrong, like it's on you to fix it. Um, and I kind of like that idea. That's, that's cool. I, I like, the, I like the fact that you stood on your own to a point and, and help develop yourself into, uh, graduating from some, at some point, Chad's not going to be there and you're going to need to be, uh, having a relationship with people. Let, let me ask you this question. <clears throat> I have two that I want to ask you. Um, what do you feel your role is for your sponsors? My role is a spot for my sponsors. Um, just all of them in general. Yep. Um, you know, my role, um, for my sponsors is for one to go out and perform with their product and, you know, use it to its max potential, like, and to show, you know, what that product is capable of and then to represent that company and to, almost be a part of that company and like to push that product and, you know, to really like, I really liked working with DAS this year, like to be able to give them feedback on their product and help them with their product. Um, and then for, you know, them to be able to turn around and help me. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, to 
represent the product as well as you can. And then to, you know, obviously in doing that, you want to go out and win with it, if not be on, you know, be on the podium. Um, Cause at the end of the day, like, you know, if you're not helping move the product, it's not really worth it, you know, for them to be supporting you. And that's where like, you know, I started my own motorsports for that, you know, that case too, to help, you know, sell the products that are supporting me. Um, because at the end of the day, like everyone's got to make money and it's got to be worth it to them to be able to support you. Um, and I felt like that was a good way to give back to my sponsors was, you know, to try and help them move the product as well. That's, that's excellent. You become a, you become a sales member. Uh, you're, you're on the staff and you're a sales person uh, selling their product. Uh, you know, whatever the, the widget may be that, that you're using at that given moment. Yes, sir. That's a great way to put it. And that's, that's a, for a young man to understand your role as a sponsored rider. That's outstanding. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear it. So I hope, I hope I understand it. So that, that would be, I would hope so. Well, no company needs to give anybody anything. Nope. You know, and when you, when a company, DASA, Sparks, Duncan Racing, whoever it is, yep. give the product to a rider, they're taking money out of their pocket. So in turn, what they're doing is they're taking money off of their table that they provide their family with and giving it to you. So yep. hence they're paying you, whether they're paying you with cash or they're paying you with the product, they're still paying you. Yes, sir. And, and that's what so many young riders, no offense to you, <laughs> don't understand sometimes is, well, they, well, they have that product. I, I deserve that product. Well, no, wait a minute. Let's put the brakes on a little, you know, you will deserve it when you earn it. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd agree with that. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, you have to perform well, but yet you have to be almost like you said, a salesperson, like you have to, it goes both ways. Uh, so and it definitely takes time to figure that out. So, well, yeah. And you, it seems to me like you got a, you have a really good grasp on it for the, the young man that you are. Uh, you're, you're wiser than your years. And that's pretty awesome to see. Well, uh, I appreciate it, but I've had, I had a lot of help leading up to that to get there. <laughs> so there's been a lot of people in my corner that have, you know, tried to help me as much as they can. So I do understand that. Uh, so, and I'm assuming your dad and mom are, are two of those people. My dad and mom are two of those people. Um, Mr. Weenan's one of those people. Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of those people behind me still. That's awesome. Okay. Let's get off topic because I have another question for you. How'd your brother's football go? Awesome. He, uh, they made it to third round of, you know, made it to the state finals. Um, you know, weren't able to win it obviously, unfortunately. Um, but no, that was, he played great. Um, definitely, uh, makes me look bad in the gym, but yeah, it was really cool to come home and me succeed on the racetrack and then come home and get to watch him, uh, run some people over. So that was cool. That's awesome. I remember we had talked about that the first time ever that, that you chose to race and he chose to play ball. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely a good thing. We both did what we did. So he, uh, 
he excels on the football field. I excel on the racetrack. So it worked out just fine. And he's younger than you, right? A year younger. Yeah. So he, he was a junior this year in high school. So he'll be a senior next year. So I, uh, look forward to the growth in him too. Like he's, uh, he, you know, was an all conference player and all that this year. So I look forward to next year on seeing what he can do. Um, so, and I know what his goals are and I hope he, you know, can achieve those two kind of like I've started to do with my racing. Is there any D one schools looking at him? Um, nothing that I am aware of yet. Um, so we will see that it would be his goal would be to go that route. Um, and he, you know, had a really good season. Um, but with them not getting to play the year prior kind of hurts that. Um, so we'll see. I think he, uh, this year's kind of his year to, you know, if that's what he wants to do, go put in the work and separate himself so he can. So definitely has the potential just, you know, after that, it all comes down to how hard you want or how much you want it. Does he ask you questions beans that, that your older brother and you're a professional athlete, you know, you may be young, but you're still a professional athlete. Does he come and ask you any questions about being a pro and, and what it takes to achieve at a higher level? You know, um, me and my brother are pretty close. Um, my brother's very quiet. Um, he's not so outspoken like me. Um, so we talk quite a bit and, you know, I know what he wants to do and my parents are very supportive of, you know, him wanting to go play football and my racing. And that's very good for him. And I think for him, the biggest thing is we don't so much talk about it. Um, it's more, you know, I'm going, you know, like in the summertime, I'm going for a 30 mile bike ride today you know, what are you doing? And, 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 you know, if I go for a bike ride and he sits at home on the couch, he's getting crap when I come home because he didn't do nothing. Um, where now, you know, he's very, he's very big in the gym. So, you know, I'm going, you know, I'm waking up and going to do my thing. He's waking up and going to do his thing. And I feel like, you know, that definitely him being able to see the amount of work I put in to, you know, stay in shape and be on the racetrack. I feel like he sees that and he knows he has to do just as much to do what he wants to do. Um, and I think he's definitely, um, working his way to that point. So I think he, he knows what he needs to do and, um, he's made it pretty clear what he wants to do. So I, I, uh, have high hopes for him. You think that you sparked a little drive in him watching you work so hard to reach some of your goals? I hope so. Um, you know, I would, uh, hope so. I've never asked and he's never said, cause that just wouldn't be right. Um, to give each other credit like that. But, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, I feel like by him succeeding and, you know, him coming home and saying he went to the gym and I want to be able to say, I did, you know, I, him coming home and saying, you know, like the other day he comes home and he's like, and he, he, he's, you know, he's a big dude and he's lifting like a deadlift of 500 and some pounds or whatever. And it's like, dude, like chill out. And he's like, yeah. So he's like, let's see you do it. And like that, you know, competition of, um, 
basically just trying to be a jack wagon and rub it in my face that I can't like pushes me to go out and go bike farther and harder and, you know, come back home and say, I just bike, you know, 30 miles at, you know, this pace, like, let's see you do it, you know? Um, and I feel like that for both of us is kind of a fun, like rivalry that, you know, pushes us both, um, in our own direction. Cause obviously you won't be seeing me pick up 500 pounds anytime soon at my size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that uh, that's in my cards either. No. So, and you know, that's, uh, it's been fun. And so, but it also definitely is motivating to know, you know, he's going and putting in his work. I'm going to go do mine. And hopefully like, I've kind of got to be able to say like, I've made it to where I want to make it. Um, and I hope for him that he can do the same, you know, seeing what I did and got there, hopefully he can do the same and get to where he wants to be. That's pretty awesome. That's, that's great that you guys are, uh, bonded that way and you have a tight brotherhood and that's, uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. That's, that's really cool. My brother, no, I, I love my brother to death, but sometimes I want to beat him, you know? Oh, me, oh, me too. But it doesn't go so well for me now anymore. Uh, so, <laughs> well, me and my brother, are a little, we're both gray hairs. So it's, it's just, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll pass. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's, I want to ask this question. Um, I don't like the rule change or the fact that they did this. Um, I think it actually hurts, but I want your opinion. When they took the pro stock class away, I think that they hurt the, the, the growth of the pro class a little bit. Um, what is your opinion? I definitely wouldn't disagree with it. Um, I would totally kind of support that right there. Um, for me, it was the ultimate class. I mean, I was one of those riders that got to, was in the right spot at the right time and got to be a part of that pro stock class. When I was winning a pro-am championship, I was also getting a lineup on the line Sunday with a uh, Chad Weenan, a Thomas Brown, um, and go bang bars at those guys. And I lost every time, but every weekend I got closer and I would like wholeheartedly, you know, a hundred percent, like say it was because of that class, like being able to be on the track as an amateur with the pros was by far the biggest learning curve for me. It was the best way to learn was just to be out there and see it. Um, and I feel like by taking that away, um, I feel like not even so much just hurting the growth of the pro class, but just the growth of all the younger riders. Like they don't have, I feel bad for all these, you know, 16, 17 year old kids that are getting on a 450 that are going to go into pro-am and be fast and then have to come to pro and have never lined up with a single pro. Um, like for me, that was a huge reason why I feel I had such good success this year was. I came in knowing like I've already taken off a gate drop with Chad Weenan. I've already been put off the track by Chad Weenan. You know, like those things, like those situations when you've already been in them and, you know, seen that aggression and um, got to witness that, like you learn every time 
Um, and I feel like it's just going to hurt those riders and they're missing out on a big opportunity to learn that so much, that learning curve so much faster. Um, and then, yeah, for the pros as well, like, I feel like it definitely doesn't help the sport when Yamaha is uh, the leading supporter and the only brand making machine yet to take away. Um, I understand like a lot of people would have liked to seen, you know, it be more than just Yamaha class. Um, but at the same time, I was glad to see it be a big Yamaha class because it shows the support of this manufacturer that's supporting our sport. Um, and I feel like by taking it away, it's kind of like a slap in the face to them. Like, you know, it's another class that you're not getting to take that stock YFZ4FDR and go show what it can do. I mean, for us, it was crazy to go from Saturday to Sunday and our lap times be within three to five seconds from a fully built race machine to a machine that we took off the showroom floor and can go ride with just nerf bars. So, um, yeah, like that's kind of my take on it is I would have loved to have seen it stay. Um, could they have changed some things with it? The rules or whatever? Sure. Um, but I don't feel that taking the class away was the right option. Um, I felt like, and I also feel like we didn't have great numbers in the class. Um, and you know, that was partially the rider's fault. Like people just didn't sign up for it. There were the bikes there. They didn't sign up for it. And I get that. Um, but I felt it was something we could have gave a little more time to grow and support. Um, and for us, it was just a good time. I mean, to be able to race Saturday is such a high stress level. Um, and it's so much more serious to where you come out Sunday and yeah, we're going out there and riding just as hard as we did on Saturday, but it's much more relaxed and laid back. And the level of maintenance on the machines is, I mean, not even, not even close to the same. So, um, I'll definitely, it's one of those classes that is going to be missed. And I hope it'll be something that gets changed in the future and brought back. Do you think that the pros getting together and some of your pro-am riders or the riders in general getting together and petitioning the AMA to bring it back would, would do it? Um, I would hope so. And I think there's been some people that have tried to do that already. Um, I, I would like to see that happen. Um, I just have a feeling from being a part of that meeting that at this point in time, it's probably not going to, um, just from a little insider information it's probably not going to. Um, but I would definitely support it and try for it. Um, you know, if that were the case, um, I feel like at this point, um, a lot of people have kind of just been fed up with the whole deal and kind of moved down from it. Um, which is kind of where I was at with it. I was like, not going to argue over it. It is what it is. Um, I feel like at this point, sure. Don't, don't do it. And we'll see what happens this year. And when we talk about it next year, I hope that it's something that is brought up that it should probably come back. So, because I feel it was a, 
just even for the spectators, it was a big race to watch on Sunday. Um, you know, it was something that drew a crowd and I feel like that crowd might be missed on Sunday. Now. Uh, I, I would have, I would have enjoyed it watching it definitely. And I, the little bit of bits and pieces I did get to see of it. I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a hoot. Like, yeah, that's about best way I can put it was, it was a blast. Um, yeah, just so much fun for such a, so little like work involved in it. And that's, I think what made it so fun was the machine was so simple and so easy. Um, but yet you can go out there and just ride the wheels off of it. Right. That's awesome. Max, I hope that you have an amazing 2022. I will be watching and rooting for you in Daytona. And I hope to talk to you. Um, if everything goes right, I am, we're doing everything in our power to get back to one of those races so that we can talk to you guys face to face and, uh, and really, um, be able to shake your hand and, and, and really get a conversation going face to face so that, um, you can see, um, what we're trying to achieve with ATV talk to helping you guys. Well, that would be awesome. And I definitely look forward for the day that happens. Um, and hopefully next time I come to California, I get to stay the whole trip and maybe we'll run into you guys out there too. That'd be fun. Um, but as always, I appreciate it, Leonard. It's uh, fun to come on and I uh, appreciate the great, the gracious words and uh, definitely look forward to 2022. Brother, I'm a huge fan. I, I love watching you guys. You guys are killing it and, and doing amazing stuff. I mean, the guys on the West coast, I think are doing it too. The cross country guys. I mean, there's just so many things that you can watch in the ATV world from, you know, the TT guys, if you go and really watch a TT race, they're doing some amazing things on their ATVs. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.